0: Expressing the truth about the church in this world we live in. Welcome to Real Talk Ministry Podcast. Praise the Lord, everybody. It's me, Miss Nisi, Minister Nisi with Real Talk Ministry, and this is the last video podcast for 2022. I just got off of work, and I was like, let me go ahead and get this done. So let me start off with a prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I'm grateful, and I'm thankful, and I'm blessed to have you in my life. Thank you for continuing to bless me. And to look out for me and my family, friends, and people who listen and look at everything that you have me to do. I pray that these words come across with love, caring, and sincere in hopes of making things better for the lives that we're living for you. And the example that we need to be for others. Lord, just cover us during these winter months in your name. Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to go ahead and get into the topic. And as always, if you have been looking at my video podcast you know i'm in my car again and i may cry again <laughs> Have the lord touch me that's just what it'll be and then at the end i will share some things that rtm real talk ministry is doing but this topic that i chose today um 2023 uh next year i think are very important is very important i don't want to say the topic because i'm kind of going back and forth on what I really need to label this, but I do want to go ahead and get the video out. And this is just for you to, um, not to take offense, cause nothing in the Christian world is supposed to come as an offense, but I think it will be very helpful with uh, just looking at things, not just for 2023, but as Christians, period. So um, I'm gonna call this Let's Grow if the title changes please forgive me but i'm gonna call this let's grow okay i'm gonna start off with some of the bullet points giving some of the bullet points that he gave me to share and um i do have my paper here not my laptop this time and i'm gonna just read off the bullet points and i'm gonna try to try to stay on topic so this won't be so long so i'm gonna talk about trusting in god more for 2023 and this don't have to be A new year thing. This can be always. So trust in God more. Don't scare the gay community away. I can't wait to share that one. Um, Read the word for yourself. Um, Understand the blessing of God isn't sowing a seed and giving an offering to receive riches. And praise is your responsibility. I'm going to keep enforcing that one. And amen. So let's start off, and i am be honest. A lot of this information I felt God laid on my heart. So I'm going to try to read the information that I want to share first and then give my commentary uh, afterwards. So trust in God more. He will be your buckler. A buckler is a small shield. Just imagine having a small shield, and that's all you have to go into your big battles. Just like he uses a mustard seed for your faith, just like he used David to fight Goliath. Just like when Joshua and Caleb went to the promised land, saw it was good, and the children of Israel got the report of the giants and became fearful. When the word buckler kept showing up when I looked up trusting God more, when it kept showing up, I had to look it up. And I will say this, God has always proven time and time again that when it comes down to fighting things that may be big to you, that it is nothing to him. God would use the smallest thing to defeat your big enemies. I'm gonna read some scriptures that I wrote down and it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding and in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. And I always read from the King James Version. Second Samuel 22 and 3, the God of my rock in him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower, my refuge, my savior. Thou savest me from violence. 2 Samuel twenty-two thirty-one. 31. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all them that trust in him. Psalms 18 and 2. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler, and the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. And last, Psalms 18 and 30. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. I wanna say that when I saw the word buckler, it did prick me to be like, hmm, what is a buckler? I mean, I understand people will say how I used to, when people explain scriptures and say buckler, they explained to me what it was, but it really struck me that it was something small. And I just want to encourage you to trust God more because sometimes the things that may seem so huge to you, is so small to him and it's nothing to him. It's just big to you because it's your concerns, it's your worries, it's your stress. It's how you think it should be done. It's how you feel that it needs to be done. But trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thy own understanding. I had to learn that this year, that there are things that I feel like I was surely capable of doing. Maybe I have done it before. Maybe it was nothing for me to do because I had that experience and I knew what to do in that moment. But God wants to be in control. He don't want you to have to suffer or stress when he can handle it. Now, I know that as Christians, we do go through sufferings. We have to suffer to reign with him, so I understand that. But some of the sufferings that we go through, it don't have to be self-inflicted. Because if we trust in the Lord more than we do our own accounts of what we think we're capable of doing, he will take care of the things that you don't have to. So the other one was, don't scare the gay community away. So I'm going to go ahead and um, give my commentary, read my notes first. You could pray for them and you could physically help gay people. And I'm saying it this way. I might have to just just let the Lord lead me. And I'm saying it this way because I know there's a lot of people who, are, who feel that when people sin and they do wrong, they deserve it. So let me just finish. Um, you could pray for them. You could pray for the gay community. You could physically help them when they are in need. You don't have to make uh, it your mission to remind them that they are going to hell. You don't have to pay, uh, you don't have to pray for them by yelling in their face. All you have to do is go in your corner and pray if you feel they need prayer. I'm gonna read my scriptures and then I'm gonna get my commentary. Romans five and eight, but God commended His love towards us, and that while we yet while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Matthew five forty two and forty eight, give to him that asks thee, and from him that would borrow of thee turn thou not away. You have heard that it hath been said that that it has been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thy enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despisefully use you, and persecute you. That ye may be the children of your Father, which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and the unjust. For if, you, for if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. And if you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. And I will also say, if you cannot accept... (laughs) I want to take my time with this. Because I've been wanting to say this for a minute. And the lord always told me like no no not yet so i feel that not that i'm confident in saying it that i will say it in a way where i hope i don't offend because when it comes to christianity and adultery it's all forgiven when it comes to christianity and fornication all is forgiven when it comes to christianity and stealing all is forgiven but when it comes to christianity and being gay it's like there's a halt and a divide and there shouldn't be. Um, I did put on here that if you can accept your pastor commit adultery and he could still or she could still be your pastor then surely you can feed or speak to a gay person without feeling like you have committed the ultimate sin. We can continue to let the world divide and conquer over something that is as simple as somebody being gay and then lose out on the kingdom because you felt like you was doing God's work by going into their territory, into their faces, screaming the name of the Lord and persecuting them for their sins. We all have sins. It may not be as the greatest sin that we think gay being gay is, but God said all manner of sins are forgiven except blasphemy against the Holy Ghost, which is not forgiven unto men. I think in the christian community we just don't even try to give them a chance if a gay person or if that someone of that community can look at christianity and hate god can look at you as a christian and hate god then you're doing it wrong it's not that to say that you can't speak your truth and it's not to say that you um, know the bible and what it says about what sin can do and where it will lead it will lead to hell But for some reason, Satan had allowed Christians to believe that being gay is the ultimate sin. And that's the only sin that's unforgiving. It's like a plague. But I wanna encourage the people today, to those who can't handle gay people being in your church, for those who can't handle talking to gay people because you fear that they're so unsaved and so unlike Christ, that if you don't get together the same, even though they would be persecuted for their sins, and have to meet their maker and have to be judged for their sins, you would be judged the same. How would you feel if you did everything you were supposed to do in your life towards Christ? And then all he wanted you to do was show love. He didn't say you had to go in to their territory and to their place and to their business and to their land or wherever they may reside to condemn them to hell, to preach them under the uh, rivers and rocks and you don't show love to them and God treats you the same way when he returns. I'm just saying, there's a way where Christians can speak their truth and don't have to speak it all. And there's a way where you can pray. You don't have, nobody has to know that you can even praying for them. But it's too often that the media already sets the division. And it seems like a lot of Christian ple- people play along with it. I've been wanting to say this for a minute. But I've been wanting to say it, especially after the killings that just recently happened. And people were saying if their souls were not right, they were going to hell. That could be you right then, right there, judging. Because you don't know where their souls was. You don't know who repented. And uh, you don't know who God may save or who heart he may have had in his hands during that time. But the fact that nobody in the Christian community was willing to reach out to say, I'm praying for your loved ones. Uh, I love, I I pray that your heart is not heavy. If Christians can stop, and, and this is judgment too, and I won't stay on this too long, but this is judgment too. Assuming that because someone sinned, so they deserve what they get, it's a judgment. You should love your neighbors as yourself. And I would hate for someone to hate me, which it happens a lot just being a black person, and being a black woman just because I don't look like them I don't act like them put it in God's hands and leave it alone so I want to encourage everyone who has an issue with dealing with the gay community don't deal with them as a Christian just pray for them to yourself in your corner and um, ask God to fix your heart to be open-minded enough to know that if it's not your calling to go minister to them to leave them alone please leave them alone Christians should not be the adversary of anybody in their sins we should be trying to help to redeem them out of their sins so they can see god and not just us being used as a vessel but they should see christ in all that we do and that's god said he said be therefore perfect even as your father which is in heaven is perfect so we can be perfect but we can't be judgmental of one sin and not all of them And when i say not all of them not sitting up here saying oh well i condemn all the other sins too i'm not comparing sins i'm not saying one sin is greater than the other i'm not saying that you should accept anybody in their sins but if you can't accept them leave them alone and that goes for everybody in their sins because i see too many churches well i said i was going to leave this alone maybe this is why god was like hurry up and move it along but I just see too many church folks who have an open heart to openly forgive pastors who do who do the utmost sinning, which is deceiving the people of God. And they just be like, oh, it's okay. That's my pastor of 20 years. Or I know him. or, or So it's acceptable. No sin is acceptable in God's eyes. Everybody has a chance to repent. And I'm going to move on because that's why I hear the Lord say, move on. You know, I've been wanting to say that for a minute. So thank you, Lord, for allowing me to say it. And I hope it was received with love. Uh, Reconnect if you became disconnected. Colossians 2 and 19. And not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands, having nourishment, minister and knit together, increases with the increase of God. Reconnection does does more than just bring increase in the growth of God, but it allows everything to be in place. If reconnecting means people, then do that. If it means with God, then do that. If it means to go back and fix things, start that thing over again. Look at it from a Jesus or God perspective. Using Christ's vision and not your own. Whatever it is, reconnect and fix whatever is broken. I know a lot of times in the Christian world, we we'll hear people say, Oh, you have to go back and repent or ask for forgiveness for what someone may have did to you, even if you didn't do anything wrong. Well, you know what? That's true. Sometimes I had to ask for forgiveness for things that I was like, Lord, I didn't do anything, you know, but it's like because he's clearing a path for you. Not clearing a path for the other person to be brutalized and beaten down because that's what you want to see of something that may have hurt your feelings from what they did, but he's clearing a path for you so you can release the tension and the pain and the hurt that came from it, so you can have more attention and focus on what it is he wants you to do. It's not always so you can have satisfaction in him making being petty on or making. It's not always for you to have satisfaction in God or in Christ so he can be petty on your behalf. It's strictly so you can start focusing on the things that God wants you to focus on without feeling like there's something there left hanging for you to keep going back to that is causing a distraction in your spiritual life. And sometimes reconnecting is not bad and sometimes it can be. So reconnecting doesn't always have to mean that you have to go back and work with that person or be with that person. It just means that you can go back and fix what was broken, whatever it was, and start the thing over again. That's what I mean about God's vision or, you know, Jesus' vision. Because a lot of times we think we have what it is, what we think will rebuild or build a a bridge or that gap that has been broken. But God wants to do it for you. So let him. Let him do it for you. And it goes back to trusting in him. You just have to trust that no matter how bad it was, it doesn't mean that you have to stay there. It doesn't mean he's going to take away your peace. He just want to bring you to a level of understanding that, you know what, you may not have... You may have had an issue with that person, but because you fixed what was broken... Maybe there was some advice you may need later on. Maybe there's a question you may need to ask that that person would personally know, or maybe it's something God wants you to do with that person. And you don't have to have this stumbling block or hate or, or fight or rebuke what it is God wants you to do because you're not sitting there broken or upset about something that happened in your past or something that is happening in your present. So in order to grow, You have to reconnect if you've been disconnected. And if you've been disconnected from church, please reconnect yourself some kind of way. I know people would love for people to come to the church. And the Bible do say to not to fail to assemble yourselves together. But if you just can't see yourself doing that, find you a good preacher. Find you a good teacher and listen to them on YouTube. Find a good podcast and continue to fast and continue to pray until God leads you in the direction that you need to go to become even stronger in Him, the next one is read the word for yourself. I don't know if I said this. Um, Look like I may have skipped that one when I gave the introduction. But read the word for yourself. This way, when someone says something that sounds so good, it has to be right. You can rightly divide it by the word of the Lord, not just social media outlets for the word of the for the word of God. Uh, study, 2 Timothy 2 and 15 says, study to show thyself approval to God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Read the word for yourself. I will attest to this and I, I can vouch for this. There's a lot of things I heard come of the pulpit as a young person, as a young adult in my 20s, in my 30s, and even in my 40s that I heard said all the time and it was so wrong. It was not, I couldn't even find the scripture in the Bible. I had people, I was able to research to reference what they were maybe talking about. Um, one of them that really gets me is when people say the love of money is the root of all evil. And it's like, um, no, the truth shall make you, the truth shall set you free. And it's like that's not right. I'm sorry, not the love of money, but the one that says the truth shall set you free. It says the truth shall make you free. Difference. But you have to really get into the word to understand what God wants for you. Anyway, you have to get into the word to understand what plan and What plan that God has rightly divided for you, for you, for your family, for your goals in life. You can't just always depend on the preacher or social media to give you the tools that you need that God is trying to give you. Next one is understanding the blessing of God isn't sowing a seed or giving an offering to receive riches, but understanding that sowing a seed is allowing God to deposit into you so you can receive spiritually and not just in the natural. Then you can see the word of God and see the richness of him and know he is God. So I have Leviticus nineteen and nineteen. Ye shall keep my statutes. That shall, thou shalt not let thy cattle gender with a diverse kind. Thou shalt not sow thy field with mingled seed. Neither shall a garment mingled of linen and woolen come upon thee. Deuteronomy twenty two 22 and nine. Thou shalt sow the vineyard with diverse with diverse seeds, lest the fruit of thy seed which thou hast sown and the fruit of thy vineyard be defiled. You have to be careful of where you are choosing to sow your seed, whether it is money or your soul. I I harp on this a lot, not because there are very misleading um information, misled information on coming from the pulpit when it comes to money. Whether you was born or raised in the church, whether you've seen it for yourself, whether you participated in it, it's a lot of discrepancies when it comes to money in church, whether people feel like the church is using people or not. At the end of the day, you have to take the responsibility to be wise of yourself, to search the scriptures, to search what it is that you have to do when it comes to giving to the church or when it comes to, as people say, giving to God or sowing a seed. So I'm gonna explain a little bit what that means for those who may not understand. I'ma explain it from the context that I see it or how it's been visually seen from me in church. There's multiple or multiple offerings you can give in church, whether it's to help build the building you're in or to build the building you're in, um, to pay the utilities in the building you're in while giving additional money to build another building. There are different auxiliaries, which means like a different... Do you have an usher auxiliary, which is like an usher department? Back in the day, they called it the usher board, the deacon board. But there are departments in the church that needs to raise money in order to do the same thing that your offering is supposed to do. Hmm. So when... The sowing the seed came about, it was because someone preached a real good word or gave a real good sermon or was being very prophetic or said something that just napped your spirit into place. And so you had to sow on good grounds, meaning that if you put your money towards this word or this good service, you're going to heap a bunch of other monies or riches or uh, you're going to get blessed does it work i'm not gonna say it don't because i feel like this if it works it because it's what it was because of your faith because anything you do you're gonna have to put your faith to it if you had money and you sold the seed because you felt led to do that even if you felt led to do that thinking that you was gonna get something in return or not something in your spirit was saying you have to walk out on faith to even do it so that is sowing the seed. And what I'm saying is, yes, you should give an offering. I'm not coming against that. I'm just saying be wise. Because this get rich uh, get rich scheme that makes people think the more money you give, the bigger the blessing, it's because of your lack of reading the word for yourself. It's because of your lack of understanding what it really means to give, what it really means to sow. If you don't understand it, go to God and read the word of God for yourself. But it it has truly, and I said this in another podcast this year and probably last year, that it's becoming a manipulation tool because people don't want to take the time to wait on the Lord. People don't want to take the time to be patient enough to say, God, whatever it is you want me to have, I'll take what you give because a lot of times what we want from God and what he gives us, it's not always what we want. It's what he wants. And even though we desire of him and we ask of these things that he gives us, what he wants us to have and the desire of our hearts is almost like um, a magical wish. And when it don't comes through, then we find other alternatives to help push it along. So I want you to understand that When you decide to sow a seed, it's not about money. It's not always just giving out of your pocket. Sowing a seed can be you took the time to study, to read, to understand the plan of God for your life and let him deposit in you the tools that you need to fulfill those things. Okay. (laughs) I'm down to my last one. So thank you for hanging in there with me. I hope nothing I said was offense. It's actually pretty mild compared to what I, the way um, I wrote it down and the things the Lord is allowing me to say because I don't want it to make it about me and my personal opinion. That's for my audio podcast. But the video podcast is like my Bible study tool, so I'm going to be respectful and do it the way God wants me to do it. So praise is your responsibility. And I said, next year and the years to come you did not have a bad service because the music didn't play for 20 minutes. People didn't say a lot of fearful things to make you think this is a praise break moment. It is not my responsibility to get you hype about the God you serve. Luke 19:37 and 40. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen, saying, Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. God don't need you to, to praise him for anything except to give him glory. That's all. These people were like, <laughs> rebuke the disciples for giving you praise. And God was like, if these people didn't even do it, that would have been okay because I would have the stones do it. You have to understand when it comes to the responsibility of praise, there's no praise and worship leader. There's no words. I cannot sit here and say, I think you could have died last night. Even if you could have, and that sparks the, the ignite the fire in you to give God praise. Your praise is your, your praise. It is your responsibility. It is your responsibility to give God the just praise that is due to him. It is not my responsibility as a praise leader, as a preacher, as a teacher, as a minister, as a a lay member in the church to turn to my neighbor, to look at you, to talk to you, to hug you, to run around the church, all those things, if it helps encouraging you, if it helps encourage you while you're down or maybe you're just having a real bad uh, day but you push your way to church and that helps encourage you to move for the Lord, that may be just what you need. But at the end of the day, if you're out there and you're doing praise and worship and you see the church is just not moving, I suggest you just get it for yourself. Make sure you get your praise in. Acknowledge God and keep it moving. You can't keep forcing people to dance and jump and shout and scream for the Lord. They will eventually know when to do that. They will have to learn how to do that on their own. Period. I cannot go into a service and hear someone say, God is good. Give him praise. Clap your hands. Stomp your feet. Uh, Go to your neighbor and say, he's an awesome God. And if I do go into a service and I still don't move, that's between me and God. He's going to have to handle me and I'm going to have to learn how to do better. So quit making praise the priority of the service when people are not trying to give the praise that they need. I think it's just wasting God's time. I mean, think about it. If someone did something for you and you had to literally beg them to be accepted of you, you wouldn't do that. God didn't need these people to beg. He didn't beg these people to praise him. He was like he wouldn't even need them to. They did, but he didn't need them. He would have had the rocks do it if it was if it was all that important for them, for them to do that for him. Someone is always going to praise God, even if it's just the winds. They're going to give God praise. But I think enough of us Christians have been around long enough even if it's only been for a short time to look over our lives and understand that there is no justification for giving praise except that the fact that he is God and if people haven't caught on to that you just got to do your job giving God the praise for your own responsibility and go on to the next part of the service. Now this is the best part of this whole entire thing for many who may... Now, I agree with anything I said, and this last part is called Amen. And the defi- definition of Amen is, it is so. So I say Amen to what I believe the Lord wanted me to share with you today and for the preparation of next year and the years to come. I really want to encourage you all to understand that we can't be on milk all the time, and we can't always be mad at the things of the world that are out of our control. We have to follow the guidelines of Christ and not only, I'm sorry if it's getting dark, uh, follow the guidelines of Christ and not only when it's, you see wars and rumors of wars or storm or weather in diverse places that are not, uh, not natural. You have to follow Christ all the way through and it's hard. I had to learn this year, not that it hasn't been something that I have been learning. You die daily. And sometimes the things you learn may come in a different way. And you have to learn how to rechannel the things that you learn and advance yourself and grow in the things that you have already learned of Christ. And, and, and for example, I um, had to learn to love my enemies. Usually I just be like, they over there and I'm over here. But it's different when you really, really have to love your enemies and pray for them that despitefully use you it's not even um to say to be like oh i'm not human and there's not people out there who have hurt me and try to despitefully use me and persecute me it's very hard to try to pray for people who are attacking you but i had to learn that i had to learn that to grow for myself so the things that i'm saying today and it's the sun is going down so i'm gonna wrap it up is to be encouraged next year Don't look at the way things were uh, this year and carry it on to next year. See how you can grow from that. See how you can rise above all the things that you felt you even accomplished this year. It is possible to be perfect. And even if you're not going to be perfect, just do things better. Leave the gay community alone. If you really not have a heart to help them and all your goal is to just criticize and persecute, leave them alone. They don't need that. They have struggles too. And even for those who don't believe in God, it's fine. Leave them alone. The best you could do is pray. That's all you could do. Trust in God more. And I understand many of you are like, I trust in him all the time. Well, if you trust in him all the time, do more than all the time. Trust in him more. Read the word of God. Study for yourself. Get an understanding of what it is he wants for your life. Because that's the only way you're going to grow. So the sun is going down. And I want to thank you for Listening to my video podcast, audio podcast, my Real Talk Ministry, Gospel Radio, visiting my Ministry.com page, YouTube page, Facebook, everything that God has laid on my heart to share in every aspect of every uh, media that is out there. I want to thank you for joining me in listening to what God has to share on my heart with you all. Please feel free to reach out to me via email. If you have any questions or concerns, at realtalkministry20 at gmail.com. I pray that you visit my website so you can know what is going to go on next year. And I think God has some great things in store for his people and those who want to be known of him. And everything that that I said, is not that I was perfect in doing it. I had to learn how to not view Christianity through the eyes of other people and, and what they feel is right and acceptable. I had to learn to be able to accept what it is that god is showing me even if the christian world is not doing it we always focus on what the world is not doing there's a lot of things the christian world do as well that's not really pertaining to christ that i had to be like no that's not god i can't do that so love jesus love people and love yourself stay safe stay warm and um till next year god bless